We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome into the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire, joined once again by Ryan Belangi, this time to talk about Monday's two-game Euro slate. Ryan, we were just talking and I was like, hold on, we got to start recording this because I, I wanted to have this conversation because I, I think there are a few others who are kind of in our boat. But um, from a an ROI perspective, this tournament has been an absolute disaster for me. And... It's a little frustrating because for a number of reasons, um, part of what I want to blame it on is playing more GPPs. And I, like, I, I basically have given up playing cash. Um, whether that was the right decision or not, I'm, I'm still not sure. But uh, it's almost a little easier for me to accept losing in GPPs just because I know generally you lose mo- way more often than you win. And so like, I'm, I'm all right with that. But uh, I was saying that, like, when you lose in in uh, in DFS, like, it's important to figure out if you lost because you made a mistake, or if you just uh, got unlucky, or whatever it is. And I have absolutely made some mistakes in this tournament, but it just feels like more of my losses are because I'm unlucky. Like we talked about, it feels like every penalty goes against you, and it's just like where. You lose to stupid goals that like are own more than they should be. And it's just like such a horrible rut to be in. And I keep having to remember what you told me. Basic, I think it was the second podcast we did that like there's always another slate. And certainly with the Euros, we're getting them every day. But like I've spoken to a few people who I think are in the similar boat that like the ROI for what we were hoping for is just not quite there this tournament. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely in that boat with you, uh, from an ROI perspective, probably the worst two weeks I've ever had playing DFS soccer. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just the sample size needed to know whether you're playing, uh, good or optimally or however you want to describe it. The, the sample size is so big. I mean, soccer is, a, is very variable um, with goals being, uh, you know, a large part of what determines how slates end up. Yeah, um, but yeah it's, it's tough. Like, just speaking for myself, yeah, it's it's important because sometimes um, you're not sure if you're getting unlucky or if you're playing bad. And at least for me, it can affect my confidence with the next slate. Um, I think it's just, it's very important to understand that the sample size needs to be big. And And I know it's like annoying to hear, but it's really it's really all there is to hang your hat on when it when it goes like this. Um, it's brutal to take. Yeah, I think right. It's important to be honest with yourself too, uh, because you don't want to use that as an excuse to play bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's been a ton of luck in this tournament, though. Um, 
some some people would say, yeah, well, that, that's all the time. Yeah, we've had a lot of penalties. You're right. A lot of uh, weird ownership get there. Um, just, yeah, and on, on these smaller slates, that, that affects things a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm like thinking about it now, like I'm just going back into – like the, the mini depression that I've been in from <laughs> two weeks of slates like this. Um, I think you just got to trust what you're doing. Um, like you said, GPPs um, should be a little bit easier to take um, because you're not supposed to win very many of them. Uh, I forget what Jordan says about how many GPPs he wins on versus how many he loses on. And, you know, the, it could be around 90% for, for, for the slates that you lose on, uh, d- mm-hmm. depending on the way you're playing GPPs. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just got to keep going. I mean, do you have yeah. any words? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm a bit lost. I'm so- sorry not to inspire much confidence. It's, it's a brutal run we're on. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, and it obviously, is frustrating from the perspective that like we talk about these slates every day and there have been like plenty of slates where what we discussed happened, but I just didn't go that way. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's not going to make me end up, you know, starting to build 150 lineups. Like it's just, that's not going to end up being it. But uh, so from that perspective, like for people who listen to this podcast regularly, watch these videos, like, we, our goal is not to tell you who to play and it's not to tell you who I'm going to play because that's just not what we do. But the Mm -hmm. point is like, this is how we think the slate will play out. This is how we think everybody else will build lineups. And this is how you can leverage that. Yeah. And I feel Um, like we've had times where we're like, okay, if this is how everyone is going, then maybe if this, if you just want to go this way. And I think, Part of the part of my losses have been because I I'm not taking that enough of a step, and I'm just saying like all right well maybe I'll get like one guy or two guys from this other game and I'm not being aggressive enough, getting off of the chalk and and coming from some you know my you know many 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 slates of playing cash games it, it's it's a big change for me to be like this this is the chalk and I actually don't want to play that and it's not even just ignoring chalk like that's not enough it's like leveraging off of that chalk to the appropriate places. And and I'll admit that I've had slates on this during this tournament where I just missed it. And I was like, I, I, the lack of aggressiveness got me in this weird middle ground of like, I didn't score enough with the chalk and whatever I played elsewhere didn't hit. So like, that's my fault. And like, I get that. But I think like this slate that we had yesterday, um, we were like, if you really want to think that, if you want to get off of the chalk idea, then maybe Italy goes 120 and it's scoreless. And we were like, but that's probably not going to happen. But like, probably not going to happen is not, it will not happen. And I didn't, I didn't make lineups thinking for 120 with, with Italy and certainly not a, a Denmark smash. So like, I think part of at least my own reflect reflections on my lineups is I, I think I just need to be a little more aggressive going a lot more aggressive going the other way. Uh, yes, me too. Uh, and, and I feel the same way. Um, sometimes, you know, you mentioned not max entering 150 lineups Yeah, Uh, that's the same for me. I've been playing 20 lineups for the GPPs and, and I've noticed, some of the same um, lack of, uh, I guess, aggressiveness, I guess you said, or um, playing it too safe. Um, and that that comes like, it's hard to break out of that, especially when you've had a lot of losing days in a row. Mm-hmm. You, you, like your mind can start to go in circles with how how you're building lineups, I guess, or, or what your goals are. Um, you're right, though. I think we've we've been on the right track. Uh, we, we've, we've talked about all of the, uh, I guess what you should do or, or what you could do the, 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 the leverage options, uh, when to go against the chalk, but I guess it's about doing that. Um, 
So hopefully some people have, um, at least, uh, at least we've given out some good information, even though, um, <laughs> we haven't necessarily, uh, had the guts to, to use it ourselves. Um, Italy last night, um, and then Netherlands today, chalk mm-hmm. Netherlands today, um, just basically completely busted. Um, I remember you mentioned in yesterday's pod was, uh, five Czech Republic players too much. And I basically just like laughed it off, said, no, or I said, yes, it's too yes, much. It's too much. Yeah. Clearly, clearly was not too much. I mean, we're not sure what's going to happen in the second game yet, but there's five Czech players that did pretty well. So if you, if you have that, you're, you're looking great. Um, so yeah, I guess we can just keep trying to get better. Uh, like you said, focus on, being aggressive and just making the right plays, like uh, um, not worrying about what's happened to us in the, in the days, in the days prior. Um, I know it's, it's like brutal and it's, it scars you sometimes going forward, but you just got to remember that, you know, all these, these slates don't go together. Um, Every day is a new day. Um, it, every day is a new day and just like a, a chance to start over. Everything stands alone. It doesn't matter what happened in the previous days. So you just got to think like that. You know, it's you know, down, down swings are tough. Um, getting unlucky is tough. Um, but if you're honest, you'll get better from it. Uh, it it's tough, but you'll, you'll get better from it. Um, I think you, that's absolutely the point though, that like you can't, uh, you can't look at what happened uh, at least results wise in your own returns and, and think like that's what's going to happen again. Or that's what I, you know, just because this happened last time, then I have to do it again. Like you're right. Everything stands on its own. And um, the, you know, hopefully if you made a mistake last time, you've learned from that mistake, but um, yeah, there's just, we need to, you just have to move on. It's true. Like today's slate has nothing to do with yesterday's slate and the day before and uh just because you played it one way i think the biggest thing and you kind of mentioned it was if you start losing like this then it's almost like every day where you have a loss your next lineup just becomes a little safer and that's like the opposite not that you need to get like grossly aggressive but like if you have a strategy for gpps that's generally more contrarian and you look for leverage and then you start that doesn't hit over a certain amount of time and you're like maybe i should start going the other way like like you said the sample size unfortunately is so small in this tournament um that people i remember that uh in our subscriber discord just before the tournament started somebody was like asking about you know trends that they saw in the main gpps during these international matches because they had been losing for a while. And I was like, well, how many of you played? And it's like, well, I've been playing these friendly slates for like a week and a half and I haven't cashed yet. And I'm like, you're, you're thousands of slates away from figuring out if you're going to mm-hmm. do it. And friendlies themselves are, are frustrating enough. So it's like, you need to figure out where you're, what you can actually learn from. Uh, and hopefully you just bounce out of it, but we have a slate yeah. tomorrow to bounce out of it. Yeah. Just one. Yeah. Just to, to uh, add to that, for if if you're <clears throat> if you're a newer player to soccer who had just started playing you know recently or for these euros um don't think that you're playing bad necessarily um yeah like andrew said it, it takes a, a long sample size um slates don't always go like this i think there's been more luck involved in a lot of these slates um so Keep playing. Yeah. You, you, it's not, you, things will get better. That's I guess is the best, is the best way to put it. Try not to get discouraged. Um, you, you can win, uh, in soccer and you will win. So just if, if it hasn't been going, uh, great for you and you just started playing, um, don't give up. There we go. All right. Two games late on Monday. We've got this one with a little different, not a little, is actually very different than any slate we've had so far. Um, the first match, we've got Spain uh, pretty heavily favored against Croatia. And then the second match of the day, France, a big favorite against Switzerland. So we haven't had this like 
two big favorites, um, at least on these two game slates. And so uh, these teams are very different in how they score fantasy points. And, but odds wise, they're almost identical. Um, And so I think there is going to be a popular build that um, I'm going to try to get out of because (laughs) if if everybody's playing the same way, then uh, I guess we got to, we got to zag when they're zigging. Yeah. So how do you see this one going down? Yeah. Okay. Very interested to hear your thoughts because I think this is one of the tougher slates uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, Just, you mentioned the odds quickly. I'm looking at them now on Pinnacle. Both Spain and France are minus 163. Um, exact same favorites. Um, the total is a l- slightly, slightly higher in the Spain game, but they're hovering around 2.25. So as far as the matchups go, they're basically identical. Um, and that's really all you should consider. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah. Um, So I think there's a lot of ways you can go on this slate. Um, You mentioned that you think there's going to be a popular build or construction. I'm interested to hear what that's going to be. Yeah. So I don't know. I started off, started off at forward. So I think the way that, Everyone, I mean, obviously, everyone's going to look at that and say, let me get as many France and Spain pieces as I can. And I don't think that's a bad idea. So there's that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think France gets the preferential treatment over Spain because we know Spain's going to have the ball a lot, but they tend not to produce a ton of fantasy points. Um, They tend to produce a lot of accurate passes, but in terms of like shots and chances created, and, and I'll, I'll admit they have picked that up recently, uh, but still France has the players that we most, we probably want to target the most. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the difficulty on the slate is, is actually the matchups. So I think if Croatia was playing France, we'd be a lot more open to playing them, but they're not. And so, Spain is a team that is going to want a hundred percent possession and France doesn't really play that way. And so that leads me to think that Switzerland at least has more as where does it sounds floor upside. Like I think mm-hmm. they'll be able to, to produce more peripheral stats, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure how crazy I am about them anyway, but in terms of the forwards, I think everybody has Griezmann. Okay. So, okay. Um, First of all, I think you're spot on about uh, that matchup. That matchup thing. If uh, if Croatia was playing against France, we would like them a little bit more um, because Spain is going to have the possession, and France doesn't necessarily play like that. Right. Um, so I definitely think that's a starting point. It makes um, when you're just talking about the underdogs. It makes Switzerland a bit more appealing. I agree with you that they probably, no, not probably, the guys have should have better floors. They'll see more of the ball and probably will see more chances. I mean, you never know, but that's, I think that's a good, um, yeah, I think, I think it's likely. Um, as far as the players, everybody's going to have Griezmann. Um, this is the first thing that I think makes this slate interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have Griezmann. Um, let's just take the last game against Portugal. France had one corner kick. Mbappe took it. <laughs> um, I mentioned before the last France slate that I had read something about Mbappe taking over set pieces from Griezmann, but I said that Griezmann would still be on the corners. They only had one, but he didn't take it. Um, Griezmann had zero crosses last game. Um, I think France were losing in that game also to Portugal, which uh, is a bit interesting. So, yeah, it's really weird that, like, 
I wouldn't necessarily have Griezmann against Switzerland. And may, maybe I will. Sure, there's like a path to having both, but I'm I'm going with Mbappe if I'm just choosing between those two. It's like it's weird to say for cash, but I'd do it for cash too. And you know, take this with a grain of salt from from someone who's not not a cash player normally. Um, I don't know. I see. I'll take Mbappe. I, I mean, what what do you think? I think we're more likely to see Griezmann and Mbappe lineups than Mbappe without Griezmann. Uh, I think. I don't think people are willing to give Mbappe enough set pieces in their minds to think he's a better play than Griezmann. I don't know if that's right, but I I think that's where most people are going to think. I think they, they say, France, big favorite, let me go get Griezmann and kind of move from there. there it, you can definitely play both. Like salary-wise, you can, for cash, if you prioritize set pieces, like you can get both and it's not a total disaster. Uh, but I think the part of the reason you end up with both is the forwards on this slate aren't great, at least for cash. Um, you're probably not playing one from Spain if you can play Griezmann and Mbappe. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're playing one from Croatia. And the reason you play one from Switzerland is because they're cheap. I guess yeah. that uh, that applies to to Croatia as well, but I think like from an actual floor perspective, um, you just kind of naturally end up with Griezmann and Mbappe. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with that. Um, you're not gonna play a Spain forward in cash, um, like you said. Those uh, the forwards from the underdogs are cheap, so I mean, yeah, okay. Um, just Griezmann versus just Griezmann versus Mbappe again. If if you're gonna choose one, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know I'm a huge Mbappe fan. Um, I'll just say, if they're close at all, I just don't see how you wouldn't play Mbappe because his, at least for me, his goal upside is significantly higher than Griezmann's. So, I mean, if it's close at all, I mean, not to mention he's cheaper, but that doesn't even really matter. Like if it's close at all and I can only play one of those guys, it's, I'm absolutely playing Mbappe. I mean, if you, this is like a different thing, but he, he hasn't scored a goal this tournament. If you believe in positive regression, I mean, four goals are coming against Switzerland. I mean, it, at least a hat trick. So, I mean, give me all the Mbappe, but yeah, um, I think both of them makes a lot of sense, too. Uh, do you think that's what most people do, or do you think they they just play Griezmann or one of these guys and pay down? I think we see more both than one of them. Yeah, um, just for me, I think, I think both makes more sense, too. Um, I'll say... And it, it might be a huge mistake, but for tournaments, and, and I think they'll all be really popular in tournaments, but in tournaments, I love the idea of Mbappe and Benzema and fading Griezmann. Love it. That's the, that's the first tournament lineup I made. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, absolutely. Um, Benzema on penalties. Again, like this is just me. I'm not believing in Griezmann's floor as much as I used to. So, I mean, I, it could be wrong, but, um, yeah, love Mbappe and Benzema together for tournaments. Okay. Um, I agree. I mean, it, it, I think even if you try to get all three, that even becomes too popular. You think, you think so? Um, I'm hoping, yeah, that it, it's hard to get all three. Um, it is. I, yeah, I, I was, you know, I was just maybe hoping that people would be off France a little bit, but it's it's hard to be off them when when there's uh, just two games on the slate and and they're a big favorite. But I mean, they've they've underwhelmed definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I would say if they had cruised through these first three games, they'd be more popular um, than they're going to be. Um, yeah. I think that if you really want leverage, you just play the Spanish forwards and hope yeah. they go uh, Talking about tournaments, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- love love the Spanish forwards too. Like they, They'll be uh, less popular. Like you said, they, they really bounced back and looked better. Um, what I will add to that is it's possible that Slovakia is worse than North Macedonia. Um, so Croatia, Croatia. no, no, no. Sorry. I mean, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I meant, uh, Spain might've played the worst team in the tournament, uh, in the game that they looked so good in. Yes. Yes. Um, we, we, we were very disappointed with the way Spain looked in the first two games uh, against Sweden and Poland. Uh, they made a couple of changes in the lineup, and, I mean, they looked great against Slovakia. They created tons of chances, scored five goals, could have scored more goals. Uh, yeah, love going to those guys for tournaments, uh, especially since they're going to be less popular than the France players. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally agree. Um, for like cash, I, I I don't really see where else you go. Like, I think if Danny almost starts because we they're, they're the first game, so we'll know if he's starting. Like, I think you can go there. But like, I kind of mentioned Andre Kramaric a few slates ago as like a possible cash play, but like at eighty one hundred against Spain, that's insane to me. Um, I just don't crazy know. Price. Crazy price on Kramaric. Yeah, and even if you try to get someone like Nikola Vlasic, who scored in the last game, um, like 6,100 is, I mean, I, he doesn't go 90, and I don't know how much of the ball they have. Right. Um, so then you're like, do you play Bril and Bolo? Right. Uh-huh. Where we go? The other options don't look great. You're right. Uh, so no to Kramaric, I mean, just because of, price and matchup or, or whatever, but yeah, then so look to Vlasic. Um, we don't think they're going to have the ball much. Like you said, I mean, he would absolutely need a goal or an assist or he's going to hurt your lineups. Um, so if you do want to pay down, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it just have to be real and Bolo. Um, we think Switzerland might uh, have better floors than Croatia might have more chances. We'll see more of the ball. Um, He's played 90 minutes in all but the Turkey game where he played 86. Uh, He's like, yeah, he's probably their best chance of, of scoring against France, their best chance of beating France. I mean, he, he, you know, we know what type of player he is. He offers something different. Um, can score goals out of nothing. Um, yeah, if you, if you want to pay down, I think going to him over those Croatia guys is what I would do as well. Okay. And then just, yeah, for tournaments. Um, and I think yeah, you play those you know, guys in tournaments too. This yeah, that's what I'm, I'm just, you know, just for, you know, I'm not going to say – you can play everyone. You can play everyone, but I don't want to do that. I mean, of course, it's a two-game slate. You could, you could take a chance on these Croatia guys. You can take a chance on the Switzerland guys. For all the reasons we've talked about, I'll probably take a chance on the Switzerland guys instead. Um, but, yeah, if you – I would say, like, it makes a lot of sense to play a forward from Croatia or Switzerland because they're not going to be popular. So I would do it based on uh, which one of those teams you think is more likely to score. Or, for instance, if you're down on Spain and you and you know higher on France or vice versa, then you know make your decision that way. Um, they're going to be low owned, but they're they're all good tournament plays if if they make sense in your lineup. For me, I prefer Switzerland. There definitely could be a Patrick Schick on this slate. Mm-hmm. Like today's Patrick Schick shows exactly what right. can happen. Uh-huh. And that, you know, I guess we can bring up, you know, there was a red card in that game. Red cards happen. If that happened to Spain or France, 
changes the game totally. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. Uh, these games go a lot different than we predict very often. Um, I can't tell you how many times I wish I played the striker that was unplayable, you know, untouched. You can't play this guy today. I, I can't tell you how many times I wish I played that guy. So, yeah, to, to take some chances on, on some of those underdog forwards. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So there are four midfielders that I think we need to talk about. Um, because I think they're all pretty much in the, in the cash conversation. Uh, yes. Before we get to them, uh, Perisic is out because he tested positive for COVID. I didn't even actually put Jordan Shakiri in that group of four, but at 8,200, I don't see how you play him in cash, but I mean, fantastic GPP play to me, even in a France stack. Like if you want to start a lineup, you know, Benzema, Mbappe, Shakiri, it's going to be pretty top heavy, but like, if that game starts to go back and forth, Shakiri is probably a part of whatever Switzerland can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, but the price is killer for cash. Yeah. So I thought there were four midfielders too. Um, that 8,200 uh, Shakiri price is killer for cash. You're right. And Mo Modric 7,800. So, so, those are two midfielders that are normally cash plays that we like to go to. Um, just a qu quick thing about Modric. Um, before last slate, I said that I wouldn't play him in GPPs. That was based on him being a defensive midfielder um, in the first two games of the tournament. Uh, they moved him up against Scotland and played with Brozovic and uh, Kovacic um, as like the pivots. Um, and I, it seems, I think that's what's projected for this game. Yep. Um, okay. Especially with Perisic yeah. out. I so up front. So let me, I guess you said Shakiri tough, tough for cash. And it didn't seem like you, you liked Shakiri for cash. Um, are you playing Modric in cash? I think so. Um, I was more so, and I don't know why I'm more comfortable with him. It could be that mm -hmm. he takes everything instead of a split that Shakiri probably has, but it goes against everything that I said at the beginning, like the fantasy point, there are probably more opportunities for floor points from Switzerland than Croatia. The slight salary savings helps me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, this, this is really bad analysis, but I'm going to use it anyway. Modric just always seems to get there. Mm -hmm. And if they have 30% possession, 
I think he still gets there, and which is really lazy, but that's why. Yeah. I um, no, but I see what you're saying and it, it, it makes sense. Like, yeah. So this, this was another reason that I thought this was a interesting slate and a tougher slate. Um, I felt the same way. Um, like I lean towards Modric, but it goes against what we said about Switzerland. Um, Shakiri, yeah, he's, it doesn't seem like he's as safe. Um, he, he hasn't, and, and not that Modric is safe, but like you say, he gets there. And like, if he's, if he's in that advanced position, you got to think he'll still get there, at least from a cash perspective. He, he seems safer. Um, I will say I was hard on Shakiri before the tournament. He looked great last game against a bad Turkey team. I was going to say, I think, I'm not sure anybody's looked bad against Turkey is the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, this is like, if you lean Shakiri here over Modric, I, you know, I wouldn't have that, that big of a problem with it. I couldn't really argue with you. And I, I, you're probably not losing too much. Like, uh, you know, unless there's a, unless Modric is involved in a goal, he's not going to go out and put up, you know, 15 floor points, you know, most likely against you. Um, but yeah, you know, another thing that like should help Modric get there, although you never know, but like them being underdogs, if, if they go down, you know, at any point in the game, Croatia chasing should help. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he's for sure going 90. He has a monopoly of set pieces. So yeah, um, I'm going to side with Modric there also. Um, okay. so where, where, where are you going for the second midfielder? So I think you have to have a discussion with yourself about whether you play Sarabia or Koke if they both start. Uh, it's the first game, so we'll know. Um, we'll know if one of them is out. Uh, Sarabia was awesome in that last game. I There was a whole thing in, in the Discord before the match, like, do you play Sarabia or Koke? And everybody's like, well, what about what are the set pieces? They're going to split them, blah, blah, blah. And it's the game ends. And uh, I, I played Koke like a clown. <laughs> And I was like, well, the only thing that I can hang my hat on is that Koke um, led them in corners. Like he had more <laughs> free, uh, more free kicks than than Sarabia. And somebody was like, well, he didn't have the goal and assist. I'm like, no, 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 you're right, you're right. But you know, trying to do process over results here. I mean, Sarabia is just so much more of an attacking player. Looking back, it was really stupid to prioritize Koke. And I think Sarabia is going to be super popular if he's if he's starting. Yeah. Uh, if Sarabia starts, I think he's like a lock basically. Um, I'll take him over Shakiri or Modric. Um, yeah. They, they had seven corners against Slovakia. Koke took five. Um, just to talk about Koke too. I, I think you could play both of them. Um, Koke seems pretty safe, at least, and, and the price is good. Uh, it's, but just comparing the two, like, it seems like they're priced a little uh, too close. Actually, Sar Sarabia feels cheap. Actually, on this slate, like you gotta, you know, he, he he's gonna be in the front three of 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 Spain. So, like, why should Moreno be two K more than him? I mean, he shouldn't mm -hmm. be. Uh, why should Murat? I mean, Murata's cheaper now, but he's still 1K more than Sarabia, gets subbed early. I mean, it's like, it's a clear misprice for me. Um, Sarabia comes with upside too. Yeah, you're getting set pieces, you're getting possession, um, chances created most likely. Um, so yeah, even if he do doesn't have them all, well, he doesn't have them all. He, he has... Koke probably has a slight majority. Um, I think that open play value and everything else, yeah, you should feel comfortable with Sarabia. I think he's the best option if you're just picking one. Okay. Um, so the the cash thought that I had was if you – like it, it was weird to me to be like, all right, let me play Griezmann and Mbappe – and Sarabia and Koke. 
But it's like if you can lock up all the set pieces from the f- two big favorites on a two-game slate, then that's that's probably not that bad. Mm-hmm. So the the fourth midfielder I had I have to bring into this conversation is as I'm saying, do I want to play both Sarabia and Koke? And then I take one click down. Is he even down? Hold on. Oh no, no, maybe I had to pass him. But I'm basically staring at Koke for my last for another spot. And I'm like, wait a minute. Would I rather play Koke or Paul Pogba? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to play Koke. That's not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Koke's not going to score a goal mm-hmm. or do, you know, like take shots from deep. And so that's why I think Paul Pogba is the reason I don't play Sarabia and Koke together. I would say that that's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, big fan of Pogba. Um, in general and on this slate too. Yeah. Basically the same price, 6k, um, no set pieces, but he has a different type of floor. Uh, it's not crazy high, but it, it can be similar to Koke's and yeah, definitely more upside. Um, Rui Patricio made a great save to deny Pogba what would have been a an awesome long range goal, uh, in the last game. Uh, but yeah, he did come up in, with an assist. Like, like we've been saying, he, he looks for those long ball or those, those through balls, whether they're on the ground or over the top, uh, for Benzema and Mbappe all the time. He's good in the air. Um, and yeah, you just like, like, like you said, like just as a player or as player, like, who do you want to roster Paul Pogba or Koke? I mean, who do you see scoring goals in big games? I mean, I mean, everything points to Pogba for me too. Yeah, um, big fan of Pogba. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, for cash wise, like Pogba is not usually a, a great cash play. Six thousands, a little pricey, I guess. But like on the, in this matchup, and the fact that like giving up Koke doesn't mean you're giving up Spain set pieces either. So. Mm-hmm. There's that. I mean, if Sarabi doesn't start, Koke obviously becomes more of a priority, but then you just play Pogba in the Sarabia spot. That's that's easy. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the one thing I'll say is like, if you want to make the argument on the other side, if you said, well, Koke is going to score 10 points for 5,700. Um, isn't he a great cash play? Yeah. I mean, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we normally wouldn't play Pogba for 6k in cash, um, over a guy like Koke. So like in terms of the safe floor, if you, if you prefer Koke, I completely understand it. Yep. I think Koke falls into the category of a vintage Jordan Cooper play. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure even Jordan would play him on this. He probably, um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, this is, I like, uh, you know, pay attention to ownership uh, in your contests. You know, when, when there's a lot of tough decisions like this, um, look what the sharper players do. Um, It's, there's a lot of tough decisions, like really close decisions. Um, Mostly I would say just there isn't a right answer necessarily for some of them. Um, so go with what you think. Yeah. Play, play, you know, I'd rather play Pogba than Koke too. So I'm going to do that for most likely. Um, that's what I would recommend. Where do you fall on the, uh, Steven Zuber conversation or question? Yeah. Okay. Um, Zuber smashed last game against Turkey. Um, They moved Ricardo Rodriguez to the back three. Um, Zuber, you know, he he becomes Switzerland's version of like Denzel Dumfries or Tomas Mounier or those or Spinozola. Even Um, you know, he's yeah, he he's okay. Honestly, I, I don't mind Zuber. Um, definitely don't mind him for tournaments. Uh, you know, we mentioned Turkey didn't have a great tournament, but he took four shots, had five crosses, and had five shots assisted. I mean, 
he is very likely to be involved in any sort of attacking success that Switzerland might have. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting the forwards, basically playing forward at times when they have the ball. Um, yep. And I, you know, he, he, he got a, nope, I was going to say he got a salary increase, but it actually came down. Yeah. For the matchup against France, um, yeah. 5,200 seems okay. Um, yeah, he has a floor and he has upside. Don't mind Zuber at all. And I don't think he'll be popular. I mean, he won't be popular. So yeah, good call. Just as we mentioned, Thomas Munier looked down and he already has an assist on a Thorgan Hazard goal today. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no Thorgan here. No anyway. Thorgan here either. Um, oh, I hate this tournament. Um, so there's a ton of defensive midfielders that don't really do much on this slate. Um, but they, but we play them sporadically when they're big favorites. So we've got, uh, Busquets at 4,000, uh, Pedri at 3,800, Rodri 36, Conte 35. Like, do do you think any of these guys fit into a reasonable bit? Like for tournaments, I'm just not seeing enough upside with these guys that um, I just don't know like why you end up in this range for midfield. Yeah, I don't really either. Um, No, like Busquets. No, it's not, not, I'm not playing Busquets. Um, I guess what I'll say is like, if you're stacking France, I mean, we mentioned like maybe playing Mbappe, Benzema, and Griezmann, or even if you just play two of them. Um, and as this could come from someone like Rabio, um, for example. So if you're going to do it, just make sure it makes sense. Right. Um, but no, like, I think these guys are going to hurt your lineup more often than they're going to help. Um, Switzerland defensive mids. Yeah, they're all cheap, but no, no upside. Croatia too. Kovacic, Brozovic. No, I mean, I think the only guy, and I like am borderline embarrassed to say this, but I think the only guy down here that I think is worth considering, and it's only in tournaments, is Granite Jaka. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's. I mean, let's, the dude just rips a shot from deep, and you never know what happens at that point. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I I support that. Thirty two hundred. <laughs> um, no, you're right. You're right. I, th- you, I think he's it, he's it, more likely to luck himself into a goal like that than Pedri or Brozovic or Conte. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you would. Yeah, okay. I agree with you. Um, if you're playing a guy in this range, like at least try to get a little bit of goal upside. Right. Um, but yeah, but, I'm, but I don't I'm, think you're in this really, range. I'm, I'm like, I'm really struggling to like find some merit to any of these guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know if, if you play one correlated to one of your forwards mm-hmm. or one of your midfielders you know we know assists can happen in, in a myriad of lucky ways or fortunate ways too so yeah just make sure it correlates uh yep. these guys standing or i guess if, if you're playing a guy like Jaka, like going you know that goal for instance then yeah you don't you don't you don't correlate that with a swiss player um but yeah, in general, I'll try to stay out of this range if I can. Yep. Okay, so defenders um, is a kind of weird on this slate because obviously Ricardo Rodriguez is going to have some people looking at him because of the set pieces. Hey, mm-hmm. he's only going to have a few. Like he'll he'll split with Shakiri. They should win more than Croatia win but like it's probably still marginal he could play as a center back um i mean we we're just talking about zuber playing basically in his spot uh, and they push rodriguez back so at 5200 do you think that's 
low enough where you're like, I'll still take, get some set pieces and I'll, I'll play him in cash. Um, if he's in a back three, no, I'm not playing him. Not even in cash. Um, but yeah, like he had four crosses against Turkey. Okay. Let me uh, think about it a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Um, there aren't, there aren't a lot of great options uh, for expensive defenders on this slate. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, that means like Rodriguez has a better chance to outscore that range. Um, there are scenarios, you know, where Switzerland go down early where he could still end up with, you know, five, six, seven, eight crosses, you know, if they end up taking a lot of corners from that side chasing the game um i'm just leaning towards no uh if he was on the wing then yeah i think just adding a little bit of open play value to rodriguez would push him over the top it's sort of one of those decisions uh i don't think you need to do it for 5200 uh i don't know what 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 do you think i'm off uh And the, the reason I'm off is the conversation we just had and that if you play Rodriguez, you're probably playing one of those midfielders we were just talking about. And so do you want to go in with a cash lineup with Rodriguez and Granite Xhaka or Rodriguez and Conte? Like you're, you're essentially punting a spot to get Ricardo Rodriguez in as a whatever they are, plus 400 you know, like whatever. Yeah. I actually think that's, yeah, that's a great point. That's so it's, like, or, or you're paying way down at, at forward, which I don't think anyone's doing anyway. Like it's just, it, it just brings you into a construction that's very different. Great point. Yeah. Like, you know, are nuts. You know, yeah. You know, that should be um, one of the main things you think about, like to play Rodriguez, it means you have to, uh, punt somewhere else or play a, a significantly worse player somewhere else. So mm-hmm. does Rodriguez and that player outscore, you know, your punt defender and, you know, whichever attacker or midfielder okay, you're, you're spending up on instead? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. It makes Rodriguez, uh, it's tough. You know, you have to sacrifice to afford him and w- why are you, you know, what are you really trying to afford? It doesn't seem like, yeah, it seems like uh, it's a tough path to, to Rodriguez having 10 points. I mean, and that's that's what you're looking for if, if you're paying 5,200 there. Yeah, it just seems like there are players on this slate who are worth prioritizing, but he's not on that list. I that's completely all. agree. I completely agree. I don't. I don't want to play anybody it, like that's how it, it comes down to with, with the d- defenders. Like, I think, I think we see enough lineups where you pay 5,200 or 5,500 for two of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I don't want to pay any play anybody either. So like who, who's the best defender on this slate? Well, there's no one really on France, J- Jordi Alba, but he, he's not, a cash play really uh he doesn't he just doesn't have the floor he, he got the assist last game again 5800 is expensive too you're gonna have to sacrifice to get Jordi alba uh good tournament play for sure mm-hmm. um but not somewhere that i'm gonna go in cash um is spain spain's right back Who, who's who's gonna start it right back for spain um I assume it's Urente, but you think they move him up? What do we have here? No, um, I was just because I'm looking at uh, the the RotoWire uh, lineup, and I think it has the other Urente. Oh, yeah, that's probably just a mistake. Um, that would be something. Yeah. Um, They're the first games so we'll know, but I don't think that's right. Let me change. Right. Um, Aspiliqueta played their last game. Um, You think it would be Marcos Llorente, but yeah, anyways, we'll know. Um, 
but just in general, I agree. I think uh, there's no one you really want to pay here. Uh, so uh, quickly, we'll go to France. Um, Pavard, uh, 5,400 is just like too much for Pavard. Um, yeah. I mean, especially for cash. Um, so no. And then uh, I think, uh, I think Luca Dean is going to be out after yeah. getting injured against Portugal. And I think uh, um, Jules Kunde is going to be out too. Yep. Um, I would have had a little bit of interest in him for just 4,100 playing as left back. So, yeah, I guess Hernandez. Um, Hernandez is gimpy too. Yeah, Hernandez is gimpy. So, I mean, if Hernandez doesn't start, I guess you could see, like, they use Rabio back there against Portugal. I guess you could see that. Um, or maybe they bring another center back in and push, push one of the center backs out there. Um, but anyways, you could just, no matter what, you can just go all the way down and play Rafael Varane as one of your guys, uh, 2,900, uh, against, or just, yeah, 2,900 as, as, as a favorite, uh, he Mm -hmm. shouldn't be below 3k. So that seems like one defender. Um, I mean, do you agree or where else are you looking? I think you should just uh, actually go further down than that. Okay, just, fair no, enough. I mean, I think that's what you do. You just literally find the cheapest guys you can find. I think Fabian Schar at 2,600 is fine. Like, I don't think you're getting anyone. I don't think you're getting any defender with like eight point safety. Maybe it's Alba, maybe it's Rodriguez, but even then, like if they finished at six, you're not shocked. No. Nope. And so Varane is obviously a, a favorite, so that helps. You hope that there's a clean sheet in there that gets you at least three points. Shar uh, doesn't get you that, but he's kind of a big, um, big target in the box. Kim mm-hmm. uh, Pembe's thirty four hundred, but you probably play Varane over him anyway, just because he's cheaper. Laporte. At 3,900 feels very expensive if I'm trying to save, but um, yeah, I think you're, you're literally at the bottom. I don't think there's a realistic way to find anyone in the middle. Um, Like I think Barisic is supposed to start for Croatia or could start. And at one point we were like, Oh, we play him. He's a high volume crosser, but like against Spain, 4,800 seems nuts. Yeah. yeah, I just uh, – the only one that, like, sort of made me look again was – is the top of this chart here, Kevin Mbabu at 4,200. And I don't know – I don't think he's a cash play because you kind of have to – you end up sacrificing. Um, and I guess, like, if Sarabia doesn't start, then maybe you have a little more money. But for tournaments, I think Mbabu is kind of fun. If Oh, if you, yeah, me, me too. Um Forty two hundred, even in even in a matchup against France, um, it seems like a little bit a little bit cheap. Um, for just mm-hmm. for, you know, he he plays in an advanced position. Um, I'm not sure he should be a thousand dollars less than Rodriguez. Yeah, I agree, and he he gets uh, involved in the attack quite a bit. I want to say, you know, it, I you know again, I don't know uh, how DraftKings uses their algorithm, but it could be because he played 58 minutes and then one minute. Um, you mentioned a no for cash, and I definitely agree with that. If the manager came out and said Mbabu is playing 90 minutes, uh, I mean, I think there'd be a real chance that he could be the highest scoring defender on the slate. And for just 42, I mean, you, like from a floor perspective even. Um, so then, like, yeah, it could even make some sense just with that uh, – cheaper uh salary um but regardless of that uh for just for tournaments yeah like mbappe or sorry like mbabu uh quite a bit and people won't play him yeah yep i think um, uh... yeah and then i agree with you you can't go to these croatia guys uh barisic too expensive uh Laporte too too expensive. Yeah, I, I ended on. Uh, I'm gl- glad to hear you say that. There's just pay down. Just there's really no one. I, I agree. Um, I ended on Varane and Kim Pempe. Again, I'm not prioritizing that though. If I need some more money, 
I'll just pay all the way down for one of those Swiss guys. Like you said, Shar 2,600. I mean, Akanji 2,700, whoever. Yeah. Whoever. So you guys too, I guess 2,500, whatever. Exactly. It's whatever. Um, if, if there's a 20, if there's a two in, as the first number of the salary and there's a green check mark, he's totally viable in cash mm-hmm. or tournaments. I mean, I don't think Shar is like a bad, I, I think if you play, uh, you know, Shakiri and Shar or Rodriguez and Shar, I doubt him Babu and Shar link up, but like, I don't think it, that's that bad for tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all right. of this talk of Switzerland means that Croatia beats Spain tomorrow, like for nothing. But yeah. Anyway. Hey, well, yeah, yesterday we talked quite a bit about the Czech Republic and then they, they came out and did it. So you never yeah. know. Yeah. So is it a Loris or Simone slate or do you end up just going with Livakovic or summer? Yeah. It's man. Goalie. Goalie can be an goalie is always or not always, but it can be an interesting question. It is on this slate too. I thought about it quite a bit. I, I couldn't decide at first, but for me, yes, it's uh Larice and Simone slate for me. Um, the way I thought about it was if there was a lot of questionable spots, uh, and, you know, for me, there is, like we mentioned, Koke and Pogba, Modric and Shakiri, uh, Rick Rod not being a great play, um, some questions surrounding Griezmann even, uh, questions surrounding second forward. So basically what I'm saying is there's probably not, there's not like a chalk, you know, build that like, you know, all the sharps are going to have, or like, it's just, this is a clear way to go. Or so, sorry, even if there is, um, for me, it wouldn't matter. Like I'll like, I think you could make up a lot for, uh, with the expensive goalie in that situation. Like, what am I, um, I'm not really sacrificing anything. So like, yeah, I think, for me, it might be a priority. I don't know. Where where do you fall on it? Like you can make arguments for, you can obviously make arguments for the cheap keepers. What do you think? I think that's the problem is that you can make an argument for all of them. Like you can't really throw out any of them. I think Larice has higher save upside than Simone. And so I think he's worth the extra 400. Um, uh, for the cheaper guys, I think Summer probably has more save upside than Livakovic, just the way that we think these games play out. Do you think, like, I think one of the interesting 2v2s that I was playing around with is Sarabia and one of the cheap guys or Koke and one of the expensive ones. Hmm, so okay. Like, if, if, if that, that salary was difference dis- worth it. Yeah, okay. If that was my specific decision, then I'm going with the cheap keeper because I'll take Sarabia's goal and assist upside over hoping that my expensive keeper is going to keep the clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, I think there's like a di- quite a bit of difference between Sarabia and Koke, not from a floor perspective, but just for that little extra bit of upside. Yep. Um, so in that case, yes, I'm I, uh, def- uh, not going to recommend – prioritizing or spending up a keeper when you have to make like that type of sacrifice. Um, I just think it might be a way for me. It looks like a way to get some, some, it looks like a way to get fantasy points where there's spots that you're just not sure about. Like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. That's, it seems like the best way to put it. I mean, the, the win clean sheet odds are pretty favorable for France and Spain and getting, we don't have a lot of guys who have a, an easy path to 10 points. Mm -hmm. And so if you can pay less than 6,000 and in um, Simone's case, it's almost 5,000 for 10 for a decent path to 10 points, then I, I think that's totally reasonable. 
Uh, Absolutely. Like I, I just like, I, I think about it like this and I exaggerate a little when I think about it, but Loris or Simon, one of them's going to score 12 or 14 a lot of times. Um, and there's a, a lot of times on this slate where um, Levakovich and Summer are both going to score two. One might score negative. Um, that is a huge difference. 10, 12, 14 point difference. I mean, that almost will just make you cash, like regardless of what your lineup is. I mean, it, it just, it makes up for so much. So, so like when there's not like smash cash plays that you have to have, um, I like going with the expensive keeper. No, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, I mean, we talked earlier yesterday, excuse me, that on smaller slates, you know, you tend to get better scores from, from the favorites um yeah that's when you tend to pay up for a goalkeeper excuse me just because you don't have as many cheap guys to make it up for we say that on a day i'm trying to see here what did vlasic end up with 11.3 um although that game was wacky anyway but um yeah i think i'm i'm bummed that you said this all because my path led me to one of the cheaper guys yeah okay like i was just like Again, we've also said, and you know, you and Jordan have talked about many times, goalkeeper is the last spot, you know, whatever fits. Um, it doesn't always happen, you know, the way I sure. described it or the way you want it to. I just like, I'm just saying when it does happen that way, it very much makes it worth it. Um, but spending down, yeah, all the way down, I, I yeah. If, if it gets you everything you want, you just do that. I mean, there's also, we'll talk about the other, there's also the chance that Larice scores 12 points with one save and a shutout, and they win one nothing and have seven shots on goal, and Summer also scores 12 points. Okay, so we've seen those scenarios happen also. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm obviously fine with paying down to, I mean, this is goalkeeper. One thing I will say, uh, just the the gap between Simone and Levikovic seems a bit too small. Um, actually, right before, like I mentioned that France and Spain were both minus 163. About a half hour before that, Spain were actually bigger favorites than France. Oh. Um, obviously, it was slightly, but yeah, it feels like that gap's a little too small. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, if anybody has any follow up for Ryan, you can find him and me in the Rotowire Discord, which is open for all subscribers. Just go to rotowire.com slash chat to get in there. If you'd like to try a, a free 10 day subscription to Rotowire, you can just go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Uh, no credit card required, gets you access to all the sports we cover as well as that Discord chat. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, if you could please hit the like button below. And if you are listening to the audio version, as always, if you could please rate and review it wherever you listen. Ryan, thank you for that. And good luck on Monday. Thanks, Andrew. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.